Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode, another edition of the Caregiver's Toolbox. We are back in action. I'm sure you noticed we took some time off last week. We uploaded two podcasts this week. We'll try to get some more up there, but we'll start with today. Janet, how are you? I'm good. Spring is here. I didn't really do the full intro. Oh, well, they've heard it enough. There you go. Spring is finally here. We got a lot of rain. You don't get the flowers without the showers. That's exactly right. Keep thinking that all this week, okay? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, today we're going to be talking about five truths of home care. And uh, and a lot of this stuff that I come up with, so uh, the format of the show is sometimes we have things that we come up with, and then there's sometimes things that pop up in the news, right? So like uh, we just did some stuff on care.com, and that came up in the news uh, when the Boston Globe ran some um, disparaging articles about caregivers and um, agencies and, and some of the issues that they felt that they were facing you know we talked about that um and so <clears throat> other times we kind of come up with real life scenarios right like things yeah. that we talk to clients about potential clients about talk to ourselves about frustration with clients and 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 positive experiences with clients and and areas where we've made mistakes areas where we can improve areas where we feel that um we're doing a good job. And so the five truths of home care, where I come from on this is like, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, we've all heard the, the, the saying, the grass is always greener. And it's sometimes these kind of truths are like, listen, whether you use us or somebody else, these things are going to be true no matter kind of what, what you do in general. So five truths, I kind of wrote them up. I'll get your, your feeling on it. I'll, I'll say what I think the truth is and you can we tell hold me. these truths to be self-evident. Yeah. <laughs> so the first truth is that money isn't everything the caregiver is. If you have a caregiver, you lo- if caregiver, you like keep them. Yes. Janet, what do you think about that? Obviously, the audience cannot see me nodding up and down like a bobblehead doll, a good one, but it's absolutely true because the uh, the, the chemistry and, and the relationship is, is a huge, huge part of the situation. Now, that's not to say that money is, is, uh, should never be considered, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't have the money to pay for something, then, then that makes this point irrelevant. But if you're if you have the disposable income for private home care, and you've let's say you've worked with a, cl- a caregiver before, and an agent before, and they're a dollar or two more per hour, or maybe even less than that, fifty cents more an hour, and you're looking at getting a new caregiver um, for fifty cents less per hour, I would always recommend you to go with. I've told potential clients over the phone. Like, you know, they've called up saying, hey, you know, we're kind of shopping around. You're a little bit less expensive than X, Y, and Z, but we really love the caregiver. They was great, blah, blah, blah. And I eventually say, like, if you found a caregiver you loved, why are you talking to me right now? Like, yeah, I, I, I got to ask you, you know, did, did something go wrong with the, the management? Was there a problem that, that you had? Because if you have a caregiver you like. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. 
Yeah, because you can have, uh, you know, especially when it's been for any period of time and there's a good relationship between uh, your family member, your the our client, and the caregiver, if you pull that caregiver out and put someone else in, that new caregiver is is working uphill from day one because they're they're trying to measure up to someone that your mom or dad thought was just perfect. Yeah, and so uh, so another one that I kind of felt like um, I wanted to be honest in in, in addressing is that um, while agencies and associations they're members of um, tell us that home care isn't expensive. It is expensive, and the costs are only going up. Um, in Massachusetts and throughout the, the country, um, you're seeing costs going up where uh, health care is being um, uh, mandated, where um, you know benefits, statutory benefits are changing, and those statutory benefits are um, being, in, being increased. And those are all costs. So, like, you know, we have this little little uh, tiff going on with China right now where we have these tariffs going back and forth. And the fact of the matter is is, is that those tariffs are being eventually the, the cost of those tariffs, um, whether they do their job or not in putting pressure on another country to come to the negotiating table with, with more leverage, the, the people that are building and making and purchasing at the end of the day, or purchasing those um, products are the ones that are paying the tariff cost. Mm-hmm. I remember with the condo association that we were in, um, we were getting quotes to do the doors. And the quotes were only allowed for five days. And there was a um, there was still a thing in there that said, yeah, no, it wasn't five days. The quotes are only good for the day. Because the, the, the amount of changes... Um, with aluminum and steel tariffs, and I, this was a number uh, last year. Um, it was it was too difficult to you didn't know where the the market was going to be in mm-hmm. twenty four hours, and so my point being with with bringing that up is that at the end of the day, when there are uh, pay increases, wage increases, benefit increases, things like that, those costs eventually are trickled down to the overall cost per hour of services within home care. Absolutely. Anybody that's a seafood lover, lobster is usually market price. You know, they don't even print it on a menu or put it in the, the seafood store because of the volatility of being able to provide the product at a cost that they can stay in business with. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in, in Massachusetts, we just had a big thing with Stop and Shop. And a lot of the uh, the unionized workers at Stop and Shop went on strike. Um, and it was obviously a big news um, for, I think it was only 11 days or two weeks that they were on, mm-hmm. on strike for. It wasn't an extraordinary amount of time. But, um, you know, that was all based around uh, trying to uh, negotiate benefits and packages and things like that. And I, I don't really know what ended up happening. I believe the, the workers in, in the end won, but the person that the people that are going to pay for that are the, the people that shop at stop and shop. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to work. But at the end of the day, while agencies and associations tell us that it isn't expensive to get home care, it, it really is. It's it's very expensive because, you know, in any other situation, whether it's it's uh, uh, assisted living or it's 
um, a nursing home, or even if it's in a hospital, but hospitals are a little different because they're so specialized um, and that specialization costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pooled care. You know, you're, you're, you have a ratio of five to one or whatever it is, three exactly. to one, four to one, whatever yeah. that is. While in home care, you have a ratio of one to one. And that is the most expensive ratio that you're going to get, right? Unless mm-hmm. you go two for one or whatever it might be. Um, and so, you know, the, the examples that a lot of places use to show that home care isn't expensive as alternatives is making the assumption that you only need 20 hours a week of home care. And the, the thing is, when you have dementia or you have uh, a discharge from a hospital, a heart attack, stroke, fall prevention, whatever it might be, usually it's not just 20 hours a week. It's usually 40, 80, 100 yeah. hours a it week. It varies. It goes up. It goes down. It's unpredictable. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to your example, it's like the comparing the cost. You know, there's sending your child to public school. There you have that. If you feel that your child will benefit from a tutor, go do a one-on-one tutor and look at the cost per yeah. hour. You know, anything that that's eight. one-on-one, yeah. you know, is uh, is a huge. So, so there that so when when associations and and articles say that the cost is 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 minor or lower. Maybe. Maybe it is. Like, so, for example, what they're trying to say is an assisted living provides, on average, two hours a day of care for an individual of one-on-one care. Generally, what's that? Enough for to help them get dressed and ready for the day and enough to have them undress and get ready for bed. I mean, that's really what you're kind of talking about with one-on-one care. So, yeah, if you were to um, pay for assisted living um, and you're paying the 6000 or maybe it's now $7,000 a month that it costs for assisted living because the prices have gone up substantially in the last two or three years. Um, and so uh, it, gets it's, 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 it is cheaper to get home care, right? Because if you got home care for two hours a day, seven days a week, 14 hours, it would be cheaper without a doubt. But you're also not getting house you're also not getting meals you're not also getting activities and and all of those other amenities that come with an assisted living now if you start saying hey i need to get 40 hours a week of home care you don't even qualify for an assisted living at that point in time you you, unless you came in with private home care so i i feel like it you know you really need to know how many hours you're gonna need and you know if you're starting out with two or three hours a day that's fine but you know usually people go down like people, meaning people need more care over time. They decline right. and they need more help. So just know that it's an expensive cost. You're talking a quarter of a million dollars a year to have 24-7 home care. It's a lot of money and it, it adds up fast. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to short hour things, uh, you know, a lot of people will call us and say, well, I'd like my mom to get accustomed to the idea of home care. And that's almost like on a companion kind of thing. That can be a few hours. But when it comes to someone coming home from the hospital, you're not really sure exactly what the situation is. Sure. Absolutely. And there's always a different situation. And that's what makes this this running this company so interesting is, is, is every day there's a new situation that comes up. So number three is, is that few home care companies are regulated. And the due diligence is on you to pick the right one. Um, you are the one that needs to be responsible to to figure out who you want to use with home care, especially in private home care, but in general with anybody. Um, 
so it's 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 really on you and and that's unfortunate and and i think not to to pound them into the pavement as much but care.com kind of proved that yep. you know they they're a big the big player they're backed by google they have you know big time investments from the one of the biggest companies in the world and they basically were their policy was you know we're just uh we're 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 responsible for introducing two people and that's that's it. Now, obviously, under the pressure that they have, that's that's going to be changing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where the onus is on the families to do a lot of work and um, and hopefully pick the right company. Now, there are plenty of other podcasts we've done on how to investigate companies, how to look them up, uh, whether it's word of mouth, going to a council on aging, going online, uh, <clears throat> meeting with multiple companies. But um, at the end of the day, it is on you to figure that out and um, you know, you gotta, you gotta do your due diligence to pick the right one. Yeah. And if you're discharging from a hospital, the hospital is required by law to give you a list. If you're someone that needs to have home care in place, um, you know, sometimes they'll try and steer you in one direction or another, but, um, you know, they, they do have a list and it is your choice. Yes. And if they say, well, you should go with this agency, um, you don't have to do that, but, like you say, you do have to do your homework. Yeah. Um, the other one I was going to talk about was number four. Um, it somewhat goes back to number one, but I think it's also important is don't lose your caregiver. And what I mean by that is is let's say something happens with your mom and you have a caregiver that you love and your mom goes into the hospital for four or five days. It And this might sound – people might take this as, as – uh, 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 self-promoting and self uh, self-sustaining, if you will, to give me more money, but it might be worthwhile to continue paying your agency as if that caregiver is still working in in your home to can make sure that that caregiver stays your caregiver. And what I mean by that, and 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 before people go off, you know, maybe the deep end and thinking that this is some like conspiracy, we don't sit there <laughs> and lie to our, our family members and uh, clients and say. Oh, sorry, she's gone, but if you pay extra money, yada, yada, yada. When something like that happens, we explain that there are other agencies calling up that caregiver as well. And she, it might, she, that caregiver might leave based off of somebody else calling her up and offering her a job while you're on extended, you're on stay. Now, if it's three or four days, the likelihood's low. But, but if it's three or four weeks, the likelihood's a lot higher. And the the thing about it is, is that if in, in terms of us, if we don't place that caregiver on a case, then somebody else will for us. Yes. So if we have a good caregiver that we consider as an A caregiver, like a really great caregiver, we do not want to lose that person to another agency. So if if we get a client that calls up and says, hey, you know, my mom is looking like she's going to be in the hospital and then rehab. And it's going to be somewhere between three and six weeks or whatever it is until she gets back home. We let them know, hey, do you want to continue paying for your caregiver to ensure that these people are available when your mom gets back? And that's yeah. all we ask. Because at the end of the day, we've got to place these people on another case because in theory, there's no guarantee that your mom's coming back onto services because a lot can happen in six weeks. Right. So, and the caregiver needs to pay their bills. Yes. And the caregiver needs to pay their bills. And, you know, if we don't offer them that job, 
one of mm-hmm. our competitors is going to offer. And it's not just they're going to offer, like the caregiver is going to actively call other agencies to see what they have available. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-way street. So it's something to think about. Now, not everybody has that disposable income. Some people do, some people don't. And granted, if you're getting a lot of care, maybe there's only one or two caregivers out of the four or five that you have that you want to ensure are are saved. And you can certainly do that as well. Yeah. Um, and and then you know you kind of go from there but it's something yeah. to think and when you have a really good <clears throat> caregiver they they want that assignment back as well so you know um we will talk with people that have discharge plans and they say well they're saying maybe rehab for a week or two we inform our caregivers of that and you know when it's possible they might pick up a fill-in or something but they need to keep working yep so it's it's again something to be it's a truth of home care is that these caregivers are per diem employees and, um, you know, they're doing this for their living. So, you know, most people are understanding about that. And, and, and when, and, and I don't think we've ever got any bad feedback. We just say, Hey, listen, we explain it just like we did to you. And most people are completely understanding and say, well, if the caregiver goes, the caregiver goes, or they say, no, I, I need ABC. Yeah. So we'll do. And then, and then the other thing that, uh, that's a truth of home care is that it's not a perfect science. Um, and so what, when, when, when a caregiver is great on a case, sometimes that same caregiver isn't as great on the next case. And that can be for a multitude of reasons. And there is trial and error involved in home care in trying to match the right caregivers up with the right people. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk with, with families, they're looking for, um, you know, the background of the caregiver, what's their experience, what are their skills, all of that type of thing. And um, and that really is important. But my my standard line for everybody is we can send you Mary Poppins, but if it's not a good fit, it's not going to be the, the good experience that you want. And we've had some stellar caregivers that it just wasn't good chemistry. But it was great chemistry with somebody else. And that can be the difference between a, a really good experience and yeah. not so much. And, and going on that, that experience, you can also have a caregiver that's outstanding. And over a long period of time, and by a long period of time, I mean uh, uh, 10 months to 18 months, burnout can occur. Yep. And that person can be start an A plus and then leave there a C plus. And then get, they take some time off or whatever it is, they recharge, and then they come back into a new case, and they're back to being an A-plus caregiver. Um, you know, sometimes in, in our business, sometimes the caregivers get a little too comfortable. Sometimes mm-hmm. the caregivers can forget that this is a job and not a, a – they just forget it's a it's a job where they have to be professional. People get – comfortable with one another just like when you meet meet somebody you know think about it in in dating terms you go on a date you're very formal you're getting to know each other you don't want to really cross too many boundaries whether it's talking about religion politics sex off-color jokes whatever it might be and then once you get to know somebody and you feel more and more comfortable your guard goes down and you can show those wacky habits that you have or those intricate in uh in uh 
idiosyncrasies that you have and those kind of those things that either make somebody fall in love with you or make somebody say this person's not for me. Yep. And so if you look at that in a home care situation, it's the very same thing. But over a long period of time, those caregivers start to get too comfortable and maybe they start showing up not looking as professional as they should be, or maybe they're using the phone a bit too much, or maybe they think that they can get away with things that are not, um, are not, um, uh, okay to be done and on the other side of the fence you have a client that's trying to keep this care doesn't want the caregiver to get in trouble doesn't yep. want to report the caregiver and and the caregiver all of a sudden we find out a few things and we have to yank him off a case and you sit him down and you're like what the heck you were thinking and you find out that they got a lot going on and they're getting burned out or whatever it might be mm-hmm. And family, we please don't take her away from us. But at the same time, we we have to keep our word as to what our expectations yes. are and and what you should um, expect. So I mean yeah. that that's kind of the truths of of home care is that it's not a perfect science, and you know somebody can start out as Mary Poppins and maybe slide backwards a little bit, and then the other thing is somebody can go in there and a little bit hesitant on them, and then they turn out to be a Mary Poppins. So um yeah and it it's very fluid too because some of the um some of the finest caregivers I mean this is not saying it's a re- it it always happens this way but a number of them are um taking courses to become LPNs RNs and that interest in that in care and all is a wonderful thing and it's a great quality in the caregiver but every semester courses change so you know we have to play the heads up with that and you could have a caregiver who's really really great but this semester they have to do their practical so they'll call up and say i can only work nights for the next semester and that's just that's just a piece of life in this world of ours absolutely so anyways there's five truths of home care that you can kind of chew on a little bit and think about if you're considering home care. Um, and then, you know, that, the, that's kind of the point of this is to try, to try to be as honest as possible with some of the pros and some of the cons, some of the, the good and the bad that this industry has. And um, hoping that the more we put out here, the more information we give out for free, the more people's expectations fall in line with what actually is going to happen. It's like getting a new puppy. <laughs> so, yeah, ab- absolutely. It can be it can be a challenging, um, challenging, challenging thing. So, anyways, Janet, thank you for your input, and thank you all very much for listening to the Caregivers Toolbox: Tools for Everyday Caregiving. And we will catch you on the next one. Have a